Saturday editions of Charlottesville Community Engagement are rare. But then again, the existence of February 29th is also rare. And we have one of those going on this week as well. This newsletter and podcast exists to bring you and thousands of others, some but not even close to all, information about decisions made that affect what's known as the built environment. I'm Sean Tubbs, hopeful that this work may lead to a better community. It's February 24th, 2024. On today's program, there was a shooting on the downtown mall just before 2 a.m. this morning. The Virginia Department of Transportation is in the early stages of a construction of four projects in the hydraulic US-29 area, including a roundabout at Hillsdale and Hydraulic. Another look at Albemarle County's recommended budget for fiscal year 2025 with some more details of what is in the revenue and spending plan. And a look at new applications for zoning clearances in Albemarle County, including a request from the St. John Family Life and Fitness Center. In today's first sponsored message, from Crozet to Barracks Road, the downtown mall to the shops at Stonefield, and everywhere in between, Albemarle County and Charlottesville's offices of economic development encourage you to buy local as this new year continues. Buying locally supports our neighbors and community members and makes a big impact for our local economy. Local businesses are more likely to reinvest in our community and their goods and services contribute to the unique character of our community. Learn more about how you can support local business at showlocallove.org or on social media. There's an Instagram account, a Facebook account, and one on the website formerly known as Twitter. Thanks to Show Local Love and Buy Local today. A Charlottesville man was sent to the University of Virginia Medical Center after being shot in the ankle earlier this morning. That's according to a social media notification from the city police department sent before dawn. Here is that post from Facebook. On February 24, 2024, at 01.45 hours, officers were on patrol in the area of the 200 block of East Market Street when they heard several shots fired from the downtown mall area. Police officers found several shell casings in the 200 block of West Main Street. As of this morning, the 35-year-old man was in stable condition. According to information retrieved from the city's open data portal, this is the 13th shots fired incident in Charlottesville since the beginning of the year. There were 55 incidents in 2023 and 62 in 2022. That's down from 88 in 2021 and 89 in 2020. There is not a full year's worth of data in the city's crime data portal for 2019. Construction is underway for a series of projects that will alter the way motorists and other travelers navigate through the intersection of US-29 and Hydraulic Road, adding elements of infrastructure that have to do double duty for one of the area's busiest crossroads. Visitors to Hydraulic Road will notice orange barrels within the right-of-way owned by the Commonwealth of Virginia. We've started uh, some early drainage work and some, some demolition work that needs to take place. That's Will Stowe, a construction engineer for a series of improvements that have four components, including installing a roundabout at Hydraulic and Hillsdale. 
Other elements include a pedestrian bridge over US-29 and removing left-hand turn movements from hydraulic onto US-29. The Commonwealth Transportation Board approved the package of projects in round four of a selection process called SmartScale, after an intersection project with a larger scope failed to qualify for funds in round three. Here's Hal Jones, a project manager with VDOT's Culpeper District. We, we looked at this in the 2018 smart scale round, uh, developed a grade separated uh, intersection at hydraulic in 29, and it scored way, way down on the list uh, because of the cost. I think it was on the order of $100 million to do that work. Those four projects have a budget of $24 million. Another change between the two smart scale rounds is that the bridge over US-29 at Sand Road was originally to have carried vehicles, but now it will be for non-motorized transport only. Some elements of what's officially known as hydraulic road and US-29 transportation improvements trace back to the Route 29 Solutions Initiative. That refers to a series of transportation investments made after the final demise of a project to build a 6.2-mile western bypass. That project was dormant for many years before being resurrected by the administration of former Governor Bob McDonnell. A few years later, when McDonnell left office, the project did not have the support of his successor, Terry McAuliffe, and the dozens of millions of dollars that had been allocated for the bypass went instead to an extension of Burkmar Drive, the routing of Rio Road above US-29, and other projects. This series of projects are classified as a design-build project, where a single contractor oversees the engineering, right-of-way acquisition, utility relocation, and construction. Here's Will Stowe again. Unlike a normal VDOT project, we have some of those things going on concurrently right now. The four projects are at different stages of the process that takes funded ideas to something that people will be able to use. We have fully designed uh, the elements along hydraulic roadway. Uh, the pedestrian bridge that is across 29 is still in design. We haven't reached final design for that element yet. Um, currently, we are acquiring right-of-way. For the project. For now, construction is taking place primarily at night with lane closures. From 9 p.m. to 6 a.m. are the typical hours. We have a, some extended hours on the weekends, just a little bit longer, but not, not a whole lot different. Stowe said there are currently no detours, but one will occur at the intersection of Hillsdale and Hydraulic, perhaps as early as this summer. One item that has caused some concern is the removal of the left-hand turn movements from Hydraulic onto US-29. The primary reason for that is to uh, really increase the throughput. We take the time that it takes for those left turn movements to uh, to get green time at the signal. We take that time and give it to the other movements, uh, Route 29 and uh, the hydraulic through movements. Uh, so that really provides a lot better throughput for both of those roads. Stowe said motorists who take those turns now will find alternatives if they think of the additional ways that exist to get around the area. In the future, that will also include another roundabout at District Avenue and Hydraulic that was funded in SmartScale Round 5 and will be built in a few years. What we're telling people the primary different routes are if you were coming Hydraulic eastbound and you used to take a left to go 29 north, uh, you can simply go through the intersection 
uh, come down to the roundabout that we're going to be building at Whole Foods and do a U-turn, come back and take a right turn to go north. Westbound motorists on Hydraulic who want to go south onto US-29 would have to make a right-hand turn and then do a U-turn. In the future, they'd be able to travel through the intersection and reverse course at that District Avenue roundabout. Some might be asking how this got approved. There was a design public hearing for the project in May of 2022. That's a mandatory step in the public engagement process. The District Avenue roundabout will have to go through its own design public hearing and public comment period in the near future. They're just beginning the scoping process for that, and currently it's scheduled to be a bid-build project, which means, and and there are some right-of-way impacts with likely relocations of residents, so that one's going to take quite a bit of time to develop, but um, it's underway. Would you like to know more about that District Avenue project? Mark your calendar for April 16th when a citizen information is to be scheduled. As this project continues through construction, I'll be trying to cover it as much as I can. Also interested in what other people have to say about it. If you can, drop me a line at info at infoseville.com. listening to Charlottesville Community Engagement, and in today's Patreon-fueled shout-out, architectural firm Design Develop is offering a new service aimed at the development community that the rest of us might want to know about, too, 3D point cloud scanning. This technique uses specialized equipment, such as 3D scanner systems, to gather a large amount of data points that represent the surface of the scanned object or scene. This really comes in handy when working with historic structures, as the firm knows from their experience in Baltimore and Charlottesville. Read their blog post for more information, there's a link in the newsletter. The applications of 3D point cloud scanning are extensive and can cover various fields, including architecture, construction, cultural heritage preservation, virtual reality, industrial design, manufacturing, and more. These applications require accurate 3D spatial information, and Design Develop's workflow provides precise and comprehensive results, all while being more cost-effective than traditional methods. Design Develop has expertise in this workflow for their own needs, and now they have a dedicated team offering this service in the Charlottesville and Albemarle area. If you're involved in the real estate, design, or construction industry, contact them for more information or a free quote. Visit their website for an introductory video that captures the 3D point cloud scanning of the downtown transit center and a booklet that will explain more. As the development code comes online, this is going to be interesting. We're back with two more segments, both on Albemarle County. In the February 21st, 2024 edition of this newsletter, I reported information from Albemarle County Executive Jeffrey Richardson's recommended fiscal year budget for fiscal year 25. 
the total budget of $629,054,446, and that's an increase of about $74.4 million over the current fiscal year. Here's Jeff Richardson, and you've heard this quote before. Board, I'm proud to say that this recommended budget that's before you today is balanced on the same tax rates as the current year. Yeah, we, we heard that quote in the last installment, but that's the last one. The rest of them you haven't heard yet. Because I wanted to go through and get more details from Richardson's presentation. There's a public hearing on Wednesday, February 28th, 2024. And if someone had something they wanted to say to influence the finished product, that would be the time. The best place to start is to download the budget yourself. This is a 318-page document that is the second budget of a strategic plan adopted in October of 2022. This time around, I'm first reviewing the Capital Improvement Program, which begins on page 261 of the recommended budget. The total amount for fiscal year 25 is $104,886,161, and the five-year CIP is under $335.7 million. A lot of that is going to the schools. For this next year, we're looking at a total capital for schools of $206.8 million. I'd highlight that High School Center 2 and Elementary 1, which is the Southern, Southern Feeder Pattern School, both have check marks for fiscal year 25. I believe that the schools has indicated that they are also struggling with increased construction costs. I want to think that that's about $11 million of additional cost. Uh, for both of those schools together. And I'm pleased to say that in the FY25 recommended budget, we have those costs. That elementary school has a cost estimate of $45,537,452 in fiscal year 25. A northern elementary school is planned for funding in fiscal year 27 and fiscal year 28. Here are some more highlights from the capital budget. There is funding in the out years for the renovation of the Central Library in downtown Charlottesville. That consists of $857,109 in fiscal year 27 and $9.676 million in fiscal year 29. There is $150,000 in funding for fiscal year 25 for an urban pocket park with $1.5 million slated to be spent in fiscal year 26. There is $635,000 in funding to bring a trailhead at Woolen Mills up to compliance with the Americans with Disabilities Act. A capital request from the Blue Ridge Area Food Bank is slated for $165,000 in fiscal year 25. Construction of a northern convenience center has been delayed one year to fiscal year 27, but design will proceed in fiscal year 25. There is $5.1 million slated in the Capital Improvement Program in fiscal year 25 for transportation projects for the purpose of matching state and federal funds. Another $11.3 million is anticipated for this purpose in fiscal year 26 and another $13.6 million in fiscal year 27. There is $300,000 to replace voting machines. Some other items in the operating budget are worth noting, such as the funding for the Human Services Alternative Response Team, which has begun as a pilot program. So here we are with a group of people from human services, police, and fire. In the first six months that this team has been together, they've provided support for 149 911 calls in our community. 
There's also funding in the fiscal year for another public safety experiment that takes advantage of enabling authority that allows a certain technology. This budget supports photo speed camera pilot on hydraulic road. It's going to be installed this summer before the start of the fall semester for our uh, public schools behind, beside Lambs Lane campus. Another trend over the last several years is the hiring of professional fire and EMS personnel to combat declining participation of volunteers. In December, Chief Dan Eggleston briefed supervisors on the systemic issue and the county's investment to date. Richardson had this refresher. Over the past three budgets, board, we have hired 50 professional paid firefighters in Albemarle County. We've done that using federal grant money, and we've planned ahead as this, as this grant money is retired to be able to take this uh, obligation on locally. We're prepared to do that. To give a sense of the scale of the investment, the actual amount spent on system-wide fire rescue services was $19,381,839 in fiscal year 23. That's increased to a budgeted amount of $27,991,243 in fiscal year 25. Richardson said staff will also continue to prepare the 462 acres of land near Rivanna Station that the county purchased for $58.9 million for economic development purposes and to keep the National Ground Intelligence Center in the community. We'll be working in fiscal year 25 to do master planning, rezoning, to bring durable partners to the table to support the funding of the site's future. The county will also take over funding for the on-demand microcat pilot as state funding for that experiment expires. Richardson said the service has been successful. Since its launch at the end of October, more than 8,500 rides have been requested through this service. Since October, in Pantops and in Rio 29, 8,500 requests for service. After Richardson's presentation, supervisors have the opportunity to ask questions and make comments, but most said they would deserve that for the work sessions. Rio District Supervisor Ned Galloway had this question and observation about MicroCat. Does MicroCat and the analysis of the pilot going to give us information on whether or not all the fixed routes that are currently in place are still needed? Or if MicroCat could replace some of those because there's potential cost savings. If you have a fixed route along Rio Road that MicroCat could serve and you don't need the fixed route any longer, um, that could be a way to to finagle some dollars around. Galloway said he has heard great feedback about the MicroCat program and is glad to see it continue. The public hearing will be on Wednesday, February 28, 2024, at 6 p.m. in Lane Auditorium. There's details at a link in the newsletter. One way I try to stay on top of things is to review Albemarle County's land use records for information. I'm beginning to do this more frequently with Charlottesville's new development portal as well. It's great to have access to this information so I can bring you items like this. Here is something that comes from a look at zoning clearances. The St. John Family Life and Fitness Center has submitted a zoning clearance application to operate at 1595 St. John Road. The organization was founded in 2011 to encourage understanding about early education for African Americans in the segregated South. 
The group is renovating the historic Rosenswald School on the site to open it to the public. Here is a section from the narrative that's in the application. Like other communities around the United States, we desire to preserve the surviving structure because of its profound meaning for African Americans as symbols of a community's dedication to education. The narrative also states that this site will be a community hub during power outages. The property is zoned rural area, but the narrative appeals to the county's desire to reuse historic structures. Visit the St. John Family Life and Fitness Center's website to learn more about the past, present, and future of the space. Here are some other zoning clearance applications. A site on Westfield Road, formerly occupied by Segura Solar, is set to become a beauty salon and studio called Face Value. An individual has filed for a zoning clearance for a retail wine, beer, and chocolate shop with gifts and gourmet foods. This would be called The Gray and would be in the space at 3015 Louisa Road that had been occupied by a wine shop adjacent to the American Legion Post 74. The license from the health department clears the space for 20 indoor seats and 12 outdoor seats. Eric Trump has filed an application to operate a cidery at the Trump Winery at 3550 Blenheim Road. Zoning clearances are also required for outdoor events such as the Jefferson Cup Road Race to be run in Southern Albemarle on April 20th. They expect 300 attendees. There's also an application from the Whitehall Ruritans for the Sugar Hollow 5K and 10K to be held on March 6, 2024. Exit 640. I prefer to take Saturdays off, but there's a reason this edition is going out today. In the next two weeks, I'm going to be away from my studio, and I'm not entirely sure how the trip will affect the production schedule. If there's a gap between editions of this newsletter and you want to know why, go to my notes page on Substack to see where I am. My aim is to get to as many of these out as possible, but sometimes I need to take a break if there is a break, dive back into the archives at Information Charlottesville at infoseville.com. Perhaps you'd be interested in helping me keep Sevilpedia up to date. There's always new information, but sometimes it's also good to sort out everything that's happened so far. Sevilpedia is maintained by the Jefferson Madison Regional Library, but managed by the Albemarle Charlottesville Historical Society. This thing? It's Charlottesville Community Engagement paid for by subscribers who want to make sure this kind of information is available. This is where I say the thing about Ting, but I'm out of time. Thank you very much for listening. See you next time.